Welcome to the Fat Fuel Family Podcast, where every week, Danny and Maura Vega discuss topics that help families live a healthy and active lifestyle with their little ones, including nutrition and training, peaceful parenting, education, and mindset. To stay up to date, make sure to hit subscribe on this podcast and check out the blog at www.fatfuel.family. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at dannyvega.ms, at fatfueledmom, and at fatfueledkids, and fatfueledfamily on YouTube. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. We hope you're having a great week so far. We have an awesome show for you today. Now, it may ruffle some feathers, but at the very least, we hope it makes you think. We're going to be speaking with Suzanne Venker. Suzanne is a former English teacher. She's born in St. Louis, Missouri, and graduated from Boston University in 1990. And after 10 years on the East Coast, where after college, she made the unfortunate decision to marry the wrong man and subsequently learned what not to do in love, Suzanne returned to the Midwest, where she now lives with her husband of 22 years. They're almost empty nesters. As an author and speaker, she's been fighting against America's gender war for years and has made it her mission to help others do the same so they can keep their marriages and relationships strong. Suzanne is the author of five books and a columnist at the Washington Examiner. She's also a contributor at The Federalist and a former contributor at Fox News. Her 2012 article, The War on Men, remains one of Fox News' most read op-eds in history. Her work has appeared in publications such as Time, USA Today, Parents and the New York Post, and has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Newsweek, The Atlantic, Forbes, The Huffington Post, and London's Daily Mail. Like I said, she's a really interesting person. This is a really interesting conversation, and we hope it makes you think. We hope it leads to some productive conversations, especially with your spouse. But before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Keto Brick. We are so proud to have them as a sponsor. Not only are they some of our closest friends, but Keto Bricks are our favorite keto product. No questions asked. So what are Keto Bricks? They're a shelf-stable meal replacement that's 1,000 calories, high-quality ingredients with ketogenic macros, vegan-friendly, and 100% grass-fed whey options, and you can get them, you can get pretty darn creative with them by melting them into fat bombs or, my personal favorite, chopping them up to make Keto Brick cereal. They have six flavors, mocha cream, cookies and cream, coconut cream, toasted almond coconut, peanut butter, and by the way, those peanut butter um, option that that peanut butter option comes in the vegan and the whey option. And they also have chocolate malt, which is a whey option. But my personal favorite's got to be the toasted almond coconut and both peanut butters, you know, both the, the vegan friendly and the whey options. They just have a little bit different consistency, but they're both delicious. Um, so head over to ketobrick.com and make sure to type in Vega at checkout for your chance to win a month's supply of keto bricks. And now on to our show. Welcome to the Fat Field Family <laughs> Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Vega, and I'm here joined by my beautiful, bespectacled wife. Um, I'm loving, loving oh, the glasses so too. much. I really do. She's got, the, <laughs> she's got her hair up with her glasses on. She looks like Janine from Ghostbusters right now. Oh, my gosh. Um, and um, we're here joined by someone that you guys have heard in the intro, Suzanne Venker. If you don't know her already, um, you guys, I'm telling you, you're going to love yeah, her. Go follow her. Um, at the very least, you're, you're going to know that she's not lying. And she's not being <laughs> fake. Okay. So give her the respect for that. Um, just like you respect us for that. Um, so without further ado, welcome to the show, Suzanne Venker. How's it going, Suzanne? Oh, hi guys. Thanks for having me. I-, I love the way you put that because I just noticed on your Instagram profile that says losing followers <laughs> one 
one truth at a time. <laughs> yes. I, I, I need to use that line. That's awesome. Go for it. You could totally steal Go it. Just it. take it. Oh my gosh. So that good, is right? The story of my life. Yeah. That's well, Danny too. Yeah. Well, what's great about it, you don't worry about it because then you're left, of course, with the only people that matter, which is the ones who can handle, who are the ones who can handle the truth, right? Exactly. Yes. And then you know for sure that they, they're, they're true. Like they're loyal because you're like, dude. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, some- you've said that that sometimes people follow just because they hate us. That that's possible too. That is possible. Like they just want to know. They yeah. just want to see something. Yeah, they're waiting to screenshot something. Like they're <laughs> like, "Oh, you messed up." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, we thanks so much for being here. We're so excited. We have a lot of things to talk about. Um, but we always lead off with the question: What is the most critical problem you are currently trying to solve? Oh my gosh, it's too big. It's too it big is. of a it's problem. So I mean, people. I mean, it's really, people like to say, oh gosh, when you, when you, when you go for it, Suzanne, you really go big. Um, it's my biggest issue right now that I'm dealing with both in my personal coaching business. And then that I also write about, um, simultaneously for the Washington examiner. So it goes very well together because I see things and then I write about what I'm seeing is, um, is, is how unbelievably misled millennials have Mm -hmm. been. When it comes to anything related to specifically men, women, marriage, and parenthood and work, like all of those big issues, like everything, everything, Um, everything, Um, but but most specifically about women and men, because they truly, truly, truly have been steered wrong. And it is um, dramatically ruining their lives in so many ways from piling up tons of debt going to school that they cannot afford to then postponing marriage as long as possible to then not being able to get married because you're in debt and then living with people for years when you don't know you're going to marry them. So then you completely lose those years that you could have been dating and looking around. And then by the time you do want to get married, your pot for a woman anyway is much, much smaller. And nobody wants to talk about that because it's all, you know, not PC and you're supposed to tell a woman to not worry about this and to focus on herself and to do anything she wants. And okay, fine. But the reality is that most women are going to eventually want to get married and have a family. Yeah. So, so I'm all about equipping them to make decisions early on that allow them to have what they want in their lives. If they look at it on a long, in a long-term, in, in long-term fashion, yeah. and that you're going to, you're going to be able to do the things you want to do piecemeal, but not all at one time. So that's kind of the overall arching message of, Hey, you don't have to uh, structure your life the way you've been told to structure it. There's a better way to go about this, especially if you want to have a family. Um, I guess guess that's the larger umbrella issue. And then more specifically, it's, it's really honing in on that equality message that, that your generation has been hammered with. And, and let me be clear that equality, when I'm referring to quality, I'm referring to sexual sameness this idea that men and women are basically interchangeable and right. that what one can do, the other can do just as well. And that they, sh- and maybe they can, but that they should do it this just as well. And they, be- they create a competitive relationship rather than a complementary one. Right. Oh, right. That's a big one. It that's a huge. big one. And, that's and it's very like, we're wrong. not supposed to be the same, right? Like there's nothing wrong with that. We're different. Um, uh, right. And so that's what my work is all about, especially when I coach one-on-one is helping you understand that's not something to eschew. That's something to embrace and use to your advantage. Yes. Yes. Well, I think I'm sure uh, how much of that has, how much of the, the other part of this, that's that, that 
you know, that, that there, there, there may not, that gender's fluid, how much that of that creeps into it? Because if, if we don't have established genders, then how can we even have roles? So I have to say, I have steered clear of that subject for two reasons. Number okay. one, number one, it doesn't have anything to do with what I do on a daily basis. You yeah. know, people, I'm yeah, not really, real relationships. Yeah. yeah. Right. And second of all, I get too worked up even thinking about the fact that we have actually gotten so screwed up as a country that we actually deny reality yeah. and believe that there's more than two sexes. I mean, we believe that. Yeah, so, and, it, and it's being inculcated into the schools. And so it's, yep. it's very, um, like I'll, it'll, it'll get me off on too much of a tangent if I, if I take it yes. on. So I've chosen to just not You're take good. it I on. That. Well, that's good. That's good I because, like that. you know, the most of the people that are going to come in, they're not going to, they're not going to even bring that up. So, yeah. Yeah. um, but before we dig on into all this good stuff, can you give our listeners a little bit of a background about who you are and how, how you came to write your books and the general response you've gotten from, well, the mainstream media, for example. <laughs> oh, well, that's, yeah, that we could be here a while if we got into the detail. <laughs> yeah. But um, the, sh- the long short of it is I've yeah. been doing this for 20 years and I had mapped it out. I was a, I'm a teacher by trade. So in my twenties, I was a middle school English teacher and I ended up leaving education and that's a whole nother conversation for obvi- <laughs> obvious reasons for what's going on in schools. And um, yep. I, I, I actually went home to write a book, write about my experiences in the classroom. That was my first attempt at a book. And um, I was married to my college sweetheart at the time. I was living up east and that marriage ended. And so that book kind of got thrown to the wind or whatever. Um, and then I moved back to the Midwest, which is where I'm from, and remarried three years later. And... Um, once I had, once I was pregnant with my daughter, we have a daughter and a son. We're almost empty nesters. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I went home to write my, I mean, I stopped teaching and um, that was, that was my first countercultural move. I quit when I was pregnant. <laughs> was like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this now? And the irony is I was, I'm always one step ahead of the game. I'm always planning out. Yeah. So the plan was to ultimately at the time become an educational consultant and start a tutoring business that I could do over those years that I was at home. Right. And I did a little bit of that, but at the end of the day, I ended up writing my first book and mm-hmm. um, that, and you know, the rest is history. As far as what happened with my career, I became an, an author and four more books followed over the course of 20 years. Um, and my very first book was about the importance of, well, basically it was about the needs of children and how it's our job as parents to meet them yes. and that nobody um, wants to talk about this because right. it makes parents feel bad if they're not um, doing what they need to do. But the reality is our kids are hurting. And so it was just all about the needs of children and how you can actually structure your life, going back to what I was saying before, so that you can meet those needs and also do other things you want to do, again, piecemeal. So yeah. So so I wrote my first book when I had my first child and I explained how I was able to do that around her schedule. You know, whenever she was napping or sleeping at night, I was working. And when she was up, I was with her. Yeah. And then I, and then, well, we can talk about the experience of trying to get that published if you want, but then it, it was another, I went, by the time my son came along, they're three years apart. It was another five years before I wrote my next book because difference between two children and one is. Oh yeah. One plus one. This is one of those situations. Like I have a friend who just had a second and I'm like, yeah, one plus one does not equal two here. It equals three or four. It equals like, uh, yeah. There's no, you're never, you're never alone again. You're never alone. You never, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so insane. that whole nap time it doesn't exist. I mean, no, nap doesn't exist. Yeah. Because they were three years apart, and so they were on different schedules. 
Mm-hmm. Mine were Same exactly us, three, three years yeah. and four three, months. Three years and four months. And, and you have two boys, right? Yep. Two boys, but, yeah. yes. So, so yeah. So then, so then, like I said, it was about five years. I was blogging a little bit, but basically it was five years before I wrote my next book. They were both in school and first grade full time. And then at that point over the years, I was able to turn out a few more books. Um, but they're all essentially countercultural books about marriage, motherhood, family, and how to, you know, create a life for yourself that is the opposite of everything you're told by the yeah. culture. And oftentimes even your own parents. Yep. Yeah. That was not my story, but that's certainly the story of m- most people I, I know, actually. So I yep. had a little bit of a leg up there because I actually, I had parents who were born, uh, they're from the greatest, gen- they're from the greatest generation. So 1922 and 1930. So they were older than a lot of the other parents. Oh, wow. My yeah. Age. yeah, they were. And then my mom was, they both had MBAs. My mom was a stockbroker in the 1960s. Wow. 50s, 60s, that must so- be interesting. It was. And so she kind of did, she likes to say she did things backwards, which really isn't necessarily backwards, but she started her career first and she got married and had kids later. She tried doing both simultaneously for a few years and then she quit and never went back. And she raised me to say, Hey, listen, <laughs> here's how you're going to have to figure this out. Because, yep, <laughs> Don't you're make not going to be able to, yeah, exactly. You're not going to be able to. And she regretted not being there in the early years and the whole nine yards. So I got actually a, a real heads up on this message about it's not either or it's how are you going to structure your life and i it seems so simple to me um but i realized how unusual that was that i that i learned this early on because people that i knew were told you either are going to live this way or you're going to live that way right. so you become this career woman or you become barefoot and pregnant or whatever like those are your two paths um not that there's anything wrong with being barefoot and pregnant by the way i'm very but the point is that most women over the course of their life do end up wanting something other than having children. So, and so, so yeah, so that's just sort of, right. It worked out for me and I didn't understand why it was so difficult. And then I run into all these people who, for whom, for whom it was, and then they made different decisions and then they find themselves stuck and they can't do the things they want to do. Um, so yeah, that, and then that led into, um, my eventual, my last, in 2012, when I wrote a book called The War on Men, actually it was an article for Fox News and it went viral. I ended up doing the whole, you know, circuit in New York and it kind of went crazy. And um, that threw me at that point on into specifically marriage and the relationship between the sexes and got, I got away from the parenting thing. Um, because that book, The War on Men was, was very political, actually. I mean, right. I wasn't, wasn't trying it, didn't yeah. mean for it to be, but it, of course, we've heard nothing about the war on men for the last five years. So, um, <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it just kind of went into basically gender, gender roles and the relationship between women and men and masculinity and femininity, femininity, femininity. Hard I know, that's hard. <laughs> um, and how they just don't exist anymore in, in terms of it exists, but people don't understand that they can yeah. tap into that to make their relationship work. So that's what I basically do now is teach that polarity and how you've got to bring out your feminine, bring out your masculine, and that will make your marriage work. So that's where my head is now. It almost seems wow. as if you're thinking rationally. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine <laughs> like that. It almost, it's almost as if like, because, you know, look, there, there, there's so much to it. We have, I have a feminine side that I should, that I should, you know, there's, there's times that I should be, you know, tapping into that. And Maura has a masculine side and, and, but in general. Yeah. I don't we, think it's like that on a masculine side. It's just like, you're not 
right? Like I can it's just go semantics. wash the car once. It's you semantics, but I know that nowadays yeah. semantics yeah. are so important. It's oh so like important. the way we label everything. But, yes. Um, yeah, everybody's so, t- so touchy. And and you mentioned how, you know, you were a teacher in public school. And, you know, I, 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 I can't imagine back then it was probably way different. You said that was at the the beginning of the last 20 years. So we're talking about, you know, right around the late 90s, early 2000s is when you. Uh, you, Mid 90s, actually. Oh, mid 90s. 90s. I I graduated from college in 1990. Okay. You're talking about 1990 to 1995. Actually, early 90s now that I think about it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For me, that's like elementary school. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I was in. Well, I'm just trying to think of like the culture at the time, too. Like, yeah, it was different. It was way different. I mean, and so. Obviously, even though even though it was it was, you know, 25, whatever years ago, you, you I'm assuming you have some insight. So, you know, how does our school system and including the universities, because that's the, the, the hub, the um, contribute to the overall messaging that they send women and men about equality oh. and our gender roles? Oh, it's just huge. Mm-hmm. You know, for a long time, I thought it was just college. I used to talk about how now be careful, because when you get to college, that's when if you if you weren't walloped with feminist stuff before, you're going to get yeah. it in spades. In oh, yeah. That's where you become um, a feminist for sure. For sure. But actually, in the last 10 years, maybe 10, maybe 15 years, it actually starts way before college. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yes. yeah. And my kids went to Catholic single sex school and they wow. have it there to some degree, at least in hers, not in his. Thank God. Wow. Um, but in hers not as bad as it could have been in some other schools, but even Catholic all girl schools, it's there. So you really, I guess all of which is to say for us, my husband and I, it was all about raising our kids in a very counter cultural way. And people keep asking me, how do you combat all of this? And I say, the only answer at this point is to focus on what you're doing in your own little world behind your walls and do it the opposite of everything they're being taught and they will be fine. Yeah. Now, of course, I mean, it's, it's more complicated than that because they are going to eventually, um, you know, be in the world and, yeah. and, and presumably if they do go to school, they're in the, they're getting it every day. But as long as you're counteracting it and being really purposeful about how you live and the messages you teach, and you're really, really open, then they will at the very least, um, not be, not be, not absorb what they otherwise would if they didn't have you to counteract it. Yeah. Right. Because there's, there's definitely still, I grew up in that world. Um, and, and so did Mauda. And a lot of the things that we heard and saw, we knew that they were wrong, but, but I feel like not everybody not is like that. like that. We yeah. have like a I bone like in us or some sort of nerve that we have that, yeah. that it's a that countercultural says, nerve. Yeah. Agreed. And who would have thought Agreed. that in the, because honestly, in, like, Nobody told me otherwise, and I knew it was wrong. Yeah. Right? So you're absolutely right, and that's why, I mean, I'm reminded of this all the time. There are so few people who either A, think the way we do, and or B, are willing to go out on a limb. Yeah. And so, and so when you try to help people do that, they hear you, but they don't know how to really, how to do it without losing friends and family members, you know, which you kind of will. You kind of will. Yeah, Yeah, you do. And they're going to not choose to do that. So it's. It's not an easy life to go no. the route that we're going. There's no, no. question. It's yeah. harder. It's a much harder life. And people are going to go where things typically are easier. <laughs> well, one thing that Maura yeah, says is that. Always yeah. Yep. But, yep. but Maura says, you know, like, how often do you say this? Like, I don't know. Up until now, I've, I've done it 
the opposite way. It's and worked it, it till now. To have worked very <laughs> yeah. Well, because yeah. you get more confident, right? Like I'm sure for you, Suzanne, you're like, yeah, I will continue. Like you're very, we're, we're, you get more confident because you're like, yeah, no, this is, this works. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Everything I've done against the grain has worked till now. So Amen. I think I'll stick to it's, it. <laughs> I'm, I mean, it's, it's the only way to go in my book. It's, it's, Ugh, it's same. You, you will win. If you do everything opposite the culture, you will win in life and in love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's so many agendas, right? And, you know, one of those is, you know, let's talk about, about these feminist lies, shall we? Um, You know, as someone who grew up in a strong feminist household, I've, I've had to literally change my entire perspective so that I could be happy, like literally happy. Like I, I can be miserable quick, just going back to my way of old way of thinking. And um, I know you've written articles about this, but what are some of the most common lies that women are told that actually contribute to their misery. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, number one, first and foremost, you don't need a man. If you're a woman, you you don't never depend on a man. You don't need a man. Uh, look what I did. Um, and then if you're product of divorce and you saw your single mom, um, you, 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 you come away with this idea that this is, um, I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends on everybody's circumstances. I wasn't a product of yeah. a divorce, but you you see it, and and it, and because when you see other people doing it, it feels like a normal way to grow up. Yeah. And unless your mother is telling you, which is very rare, um, don't don't do what I did. You do need a man. And by the way, your father is a good guy. We just couldn't get along, or we couldn't, you know. Like in other words, if they were sharing more of a positive nature about the opposite parent while also gearing them to not do what you did, make the same mistakes. That would have been different, but very often, very very often that's not what you hear. It's bashing the dad and it's saying, you don't need a man. You can do it on your own. Well, is it because do you think it's because um, I think that just based on what I know, because it wasn't like that for me, you know, I had a nuclear family. My mom was a Catholic school girl. Your dad's my, lucky though, your mom. My dad is, yeah, because <laughs> my dad, dad lucky your mom my dad was life. a cocaine addict yeah. in the eighties and thank He's God great. my mom yeah. never divorced him because when no, he repented and he became mm. the best dad ever, yeah, but mm. like, you know, I think that like, I love mother, those stories. I know. Uh, yeah. I'm and so that's grateful. why it's like, you got to push through. Like we don't teach that anymore. We don't like, push. We don't Nobody teach. pushes through anything. Yeah. No, it's like, if your right. needs are not met, if your needs are not met, then leave. And and so, like, I think that someone with, with good intentions who's saying, you know what, you know, you can do it on your own and you should be able to do it if you have to. But there has to be context there. You have to say it's not the normal way to do but it. But it's easier the other way. Yeah, it's yeah. easier the other way or it's or it's it's not favorable, but you should know that you're able to do it if you have to. That's yes, the context. That's a very that's different message. Right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Message. Absolutely. And so those women who grew up thinking that they don't need a man. And then feeling naturally, biologically, very opposite of that, that they right. do want one, maybe not need one in the traditional sense, but at least want one. They have no, um, their attitude and approach to it is all wrong, which is why it's not working out for them. Because if you're going in thinking you don't need something or don't, or you have a negative attitude about it, you're going to carry that with you when you, you know, go out into the, into the world and you're dating. So that's that was one of the that's one of the biggest is that women don't mean women don't need men, but an even bigger one possibly is the idea that men and women are equal, as in the same, <laughs> right. that they are essentially 
mirror versions of each other and that that gender is a social construct that any every any differences that you see between them are actually just made by society by the way we raise our kids and if you oh just raise them differently they'll, they'll all just fly away and of course that's probably the biggest lie ever told in the 20th yep. century yeah that is still very much with us today and it's screwing people's relationships and families up not just marriages but it's imploding families yeah yeah not it's understanding sad. how men and women are different and how to how to make them work in 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 tandem with one another um in is is imploding families i don't know how else to say it yeah yeah and 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 but but to your point though like unfortunately it is if you raise your kids that way it does change them <laughs> mm-hmm. it does change them to think that so at least that's true that part is true that it effectively if you change if you create this whole new uh system you know the kids are going to actually accept that and believe that 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 that's how it is and i think that leads to you know on the worst end of it like nihilism because yeah you know you're yeah. just like well the only way i'm like this is the only reason i'm like this is because this is how i was raised which to a point there is that is valid but there's certain things that are kind of like i don't know will we put that as a universal truth thing right like, well, here, I'll give you an example. One of the biggest things that I deal with in my coaching business is that um, women are the major breadwinners. Uh-huh. Mm. And what they didn't understand because nobody told them is how that was going to play out once they were married. So in other words, it's one thing to be a breadwinner when you're single. And of course, when you're, when you're dating and out, you know, let's say you're in your 20s and um, men and women are both living they are living very similar lives. You don't really see a lot of those differences at that time. It isn't until you get married and have children, especially the children part, where those differences become more pronounced. So then they get stuck because once they're there, for example, take the woman who has created this entire life or mapped out her entire life based on the idea that she's going to be in the workforce forever, always, never, never, ever leave. And then her career is going to be the center of her life. And then she tries to incorporate a family into that and she finds that, oh, I, I kind of want to be with my babies. I don't, right. I, I, I want to take care of them. Well, if you haven't made the decisions along the way to allow that to happen, both in marrying the right person, in your finances, all along, all along then, you, then you find yourself stuck. And so if you happen to be the major breadwinner and you marry a man who is, whose income by himself is unable to carry the family for just 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 say two or three years, let's say, you are going to be resentful. The chances of your feeling resentful because you can't do what your heart wants you to do is just off the charts. And that those are the relationships where they start to go awry and they don't understand what's happening because no one ever told them that, hey, guess what? As a woman, here's what's going to happen to you 10, 15 years yeah. down the line, most likely. And so in order to have that biological need met here's what you're going to have to do and they didn't set it up right so then they then they get stuck that's just that's just an example of a a difference um well you know i i my father always that was a big thing for us and and like he was always like you see that guy over there he doesn't work you know he's he's uh he's left of zero there's a saying in spanish you say that person's left of zero which basically means they're less than zero you know they're they're negative negative. Um, and so i always like for me I would be okay if 
something, if Maura did something amazing, I would celebrate her success and she crushed it financially right. as mm-hmm. long as I was working hard, you know, and, and doing meaningful Bingo. work. Right. He has to be doing meaningful work because I think it definitely gets to them. Yeah. And that's a very important point because again, a lot of people want to, they want to put this down to either working or not working or um, they want it to be more absolute. But the point is if the man is not pulling his own weight and feeling like he's providing and protecting in his own right, and she's outshining him to a large degree, it does upset the apple cart. And, yeah. and it changes your relationship. So it's not necessarily, you know, how much do you make relative to the other person? It can be that, but it's not necessarily if that other person is successful in his own right. It's when it's, when it's completely imbalanced, when she's like a type A, hard-charging, ambitious woman, and he's like, a beta, just, not, huh? just not, yeah, he's right. just not. And, and, and then you get into, well, did you marry him that, knowing that way? And if you did... Why was he picking you and why were you picking him? And like, if you've set that up from the get-go, it can be very difficult to undo it down the line, at least from a financial perspective. So the, the couples that I work with, uh, it's just has more to do with understanding, helping the woman get in touch with her feminine center, which she has been basically taught to reject her entire life. Yeah. That will bring out the manliness, if you will, in your guy. That's what polarity is that you will then feel more respect for, and you will have a more peaceful, loving relationship. So it's a very, it's a big message because it's so opposite of what they've, what they've ever known. Yeah, absolutely. And as you were saying that, it also reminded me, um, cause I know you've spoken about this too on, on one of your podcast episodes, but it's all like a chain reaction of the previous thing too. Cause it's like, the ch- and I've seen it play out with my own friends because I, you know, I'm in my mid thirties. So I I'm seeing still some yeah. of my friends trying to find somebody. Okay. Yep. Yep. And so that whole thing of like spending all this time, your prime time, you know, and yep. that's why I loved your interview with Michaela and I love her so much because she goes against that, you know, having yep. a child yep. in her twenties, which is normal. Yep. <laughs> it's actually yep. normal. Yep. And everybody's like, what, you know? And so we like literally extend childhood. Oh, you know, we even do that with schools. I feel I'm like high school oh, is yeah, like geez. an extension yeah. of childhood. Yep. And then, you know, we have these women spending all these of their best years getting these careers. And then of course they finally get done and now their biological clock is ticking. Right. So it's like, now they're making a quick decision. Yeah. Almost. Right. Like, oh. so that's the, that's, that's the third, I would call it the third biggest oh, lie yep. that they were lie. told is that there is no that there's no biological clock, you know, oh, you yep. have children as, you know, whenever you, you know, however you want to manage it, you, you, you just figure it out. You like, in, in other words, like the idea that you can control your body. I mean, it's almost <laughs> comical. I yeah. mean, you're, it should be the complete reverse where you're mapping out your life around your ability to have a family. It should right? be the complete opposite. Seriously. It's a very simple concept. It's just so countercultural. There's, there's nothing more rewarding than becoming a parent. Like um, when I got married, I was still very selfish. Yeah. I was, I've, I've been so selfish and, you know, what's the other word? I, I don't know. Um, I guess selfish, <laughs> just self-centered yeah, and so, selfish yeah. my whole life, you know? And um, in my house, my sister was treated one way. I was treated another way. My sister was sheltered. I was put out there and I think it helped me develop better which yeah. I, I wish they would have done that with her, but I think that's just another relic that, that, you know, they, 
you know, she's a delicate flower. We don't want to <laughs> upset her and all that. Um, but, but like, you know, nowadays it's just, it's, it's the opposite. It's so weird. It's just. So I, I would say, I sometimes think that's really probably the biggest lie ever told is the idea that a career is somehow going to be more meaningful than yeah. marriage and children. And if you had said that to anybody, you know, prior to 40 years ago, they just would have laughed at the thought of it. I mean, you can't really conceive of, of an America, although it existed for a very long time, where marriage and family was at the center. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was. And the idea yeah. that your job would somehow come before or be more meaningful or more satisfying than what we're put here on earth to do, which is to have relationships and to hopefully get married and have families. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just absurd. You, it, you know, it used to be that you worked, you lived, wait, how do I say that? You work to live. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Yeah. And, now you live yeah, to work. Yeah. yeah. And now you live to work. And now it's a complete work. value shift that has many, many arms to it. Because if you take that one thing and you shift it just at the core, then all these decisions off of that value are going to be all twisted. If it's, if the value isn't right, you know, yeah. Yeah. garbage in yeah. garbage out. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So I would like to make um, people more uncomfortable now. So let's talk about Fine. sex <laughs> um, because <laughs> okay. this seems to be a major issue in marriages and relationships. Yeah. Um, so um, I love what you've talked about with this. And so I want to know for our listeners, you know, what is I normal? I literally get this question. Yeah. What is joking. normal? Because like how many times a week people like, ask it, you know, is it a certain this. times a week? What do you have to say about this? Cause I, I love heard what hearing you've had your to perspectives say, from listeners. women versus men. And it's just very educational. Okay, I don't I don't remember which thing you're referring to that you heard I said, but I'll just tell you right now off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be the same. Uh, hopefully it's the same thing I said before. I don't know. I'm sure it'll be. <laughs> yeah. You're well, I was thinking of your podcast with Bettina, how you mentioned. Oh, Bettina's so good. Uh, you know, that was so good. Say, you can say the same thing, but there's a different perspective. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I get very concerned that people worry about, and it's so, it's so typical of, of, of what we do, especially for younger generation today, but just in general for everybody, this idea that there's a should, this is what it should look like. Mm-hmm. And that you, you have this thing in your head where you think you're not measuring up. Right. The bottom line is there is no should when it comes to sex. If it works for both of you, that's all that matters. And it doesn't yeah. matter what they're doing in the house next door does yep. not matter. So if sex for you is once a week, if it's once a month, whatever it may be, and you're both happy, it's all good. It's all good. So as far as frequency goes, um, that's my general initial reaction. Now, the, the issue comes when, when one person wants it more than the other. And very often in, in my world with the people that I work with, because they're older and kids have come along, it's always almost always the husband who wants more than the wife. And so I have um, been very, uh, I have known, been known to encourage women to have sex, whether they are in the mood or not with their husbands, if they are not in the mood as often, if, or if they're never in the mood, then that's really a problem. So in order to get it going, rather than wait around until you are in the mood, which is probably not going to happen, especially depending on your circumstances, if you're working full time, if you've got small children, whatever stage of life you're in, then you're going to have to basically just force yourself to do it and enjoy the feeling that comes afterward and hopefully during, even though that initial hump where you're like, eh, you know, <laughs> you, you, you get past that and just do it anyway. And nine out of 10 times, there's nothing negative that's going to come from that. Now, 
I mean, unless there is, unless you've got a problem of some sort that's bigger within the marriage or whatever. But if you're not, you know, if you're married to a good guy, nothing bad is going to come from that. So I think where people really get, where they struggle is that they're dealing with, it's not so much the frequency, but feeling very bad about the other person or feeling very resentful. And so when resentment creeps in over time in a marriage, that's when sex tends to fall away. So one of the first things you want to be aware of is when you're starting to feel resentful and whatever that is that you're feeling resentful about, I mean, hopefully you don't let it get to that point, but we're human. So it probably will. You've got to address it because your problem with sex really isn't about sex. It's about something else. And if you solve that something else, and if you have a very open relationship, not this being quiet and pretending and hoping it's going to go away, not pussyfooting around, but like getting at the core of it and facing it, then typically speaking, those sexual things should, should fall into place. Um, so there's a, there's a lot more to this subject, obviously. um, Well, what about, oh, I'm sorry for, yeah, go go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's it. So um, this is important because, you know, I think that I think a lot of men would 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 do a lot of, you know, because we can talk about I don't want this. This is what you just said is very helpful for men. Very, very helpful. But I'll play devil's advocate because, you know, in our marriage, there's been things that I've done like it's been a, a chronic thing that I've been lacking in. So like, um, you know, not helping her around the house, not not doing simple. It's not it's nothing crazy. It's just simple things like I, yeah. I wash the dishes and I think I'm the man because I wash the dishes and Mauda's like, well, then I do everything else. And then even if she's very vocal about it, she still gets resentment because nothing's changing. So it's like the communication's <laughs> there and she's telling me. And so like I have found that just a little bit of effort goes a very long way. And so I just wanted to like, because I know that um, you spoke about that as well, like how, you know, it shouldn't be predicated on something else. But I want to hear, you know, what you think about if someone has an ongoing problem, like, let's say, um, uh, something different than the stuff around the house, Uh, I guess, uh, the father's not engaged with the kids, or the father's not or the husband's doing something else, like how does that play into that equation? Well, so that goes to what I was saying about what is the real issue? It's not, it's almost never the sex. So like in your example, you said it's about housework. So you're right. If somebody is taking on the bulk of everything and not getting help on a regular basis from the other party, then obviously that person's going to become resentful. I mean, that's almost impossible. So the fact that she said it to you, that's all she can do. And then it's your job at that point to listen right? Yeah. And then, and then respond. And then mm-hmm. if you didn't respond, you're going to get more of the same, right? The resentment. Yep. If you respond and just do those small things, presumably you'll get more sex. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah it's very, it's very, simple. it's very simple. It's yeah. really it is so simple. And I actually like the simplicity of it. And that's what I loved about the book too. Like, cause the truth <laughs> is, is that honestly, we're the complicated ones, like women, because really men, they're, they're pretty simple, right? Like it's like, they're so they're, they're pretty predictable and that should be yep. good. That's a good thing for so, wives. Like- so I like to say when it comes to sex, here's a great example of how imagine what it's like to be a man versus a woman or a husband versus a wife for a man. He, it literally doesn't take much for him to have sex to fruition. Right. Right. He could, you can literally take your clothes off, <laughs> right. wiggle around and he's there. Right. Like wiggle yep. around dance around yeah. in front of him for 
for a second naked or whatever. And he's like <laughs> raring to go. Even if he wasn't raring to go five minutes ago, now he is. He's that yeah. simple. Yeah. And then if you actually have sex, it'll all just happen exactly the way it's supposed to on his end. Now, if you reverse that, ain't no way that's going to work. With yeah. A- yeah. Yeah. Danny does a twirl. If a man- nobody. <laughs> I've never seen, you I mean, seen me dance. You, there isn't a relationship live where you could turn that around. And that would <laughs> There's just no way. In order to get her it's to so that true. place, not just mentally, but absolutely physically, it takes us 15 minutes to year one to be able to get there, number one. Physically, yeah. Physically, physically now. And then even mentally, it's going to take a lot more. So like, for example, the one of the quickest things for me would be the, the environment. So like if there's yeah. music, if there's no children around, that's number one. It's got to be no kids in, in, in the vicinity because that's very hard for me to disconnect. Um, yeah. And I think that happens with a lot of women. Um, yeah. Lock the door, you know, do whatever you have to do. And then, or wait till they're asleep. Um, and then the, the environment, you know, if you can have music, if, um, I love massage, you know, like anything that you can do to relax the woman it's, it really doesn't have to be that hard, but you have to be willing to, you know, give her a back rub or I don't mean every time. That's not what I mean. You shouldn't have to go to the ends of the earth to have sex with your wife. I'm just saying that you need to understand that it takes a woman a lot more to get there. So you can have two kinds of sex. You can have wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, as often as you want. So that it takes care of him kind of thing, or you can be more attentive to how a woman's body operates and just accept it, you know, and that's, it's hard because that's why there's such a disconnect between husbands and wives, in my opinion, because it, men don't need anything. They can just do it. Yeah. And, and it's just a lot harder to get a woman going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, yeah. it's not really anyone's fault. It's the way our bodies are made. But you have to just be aware of that and, and, and sort of cater to that, if you will. Yeah. I, How does the, sorry, no, I'm going to head because I wanted to, add, I don't want to forget this, but because I keep thinking about like the Me Too movement and like we have friends who, um, you know what I mean? Like the women have this specific like perspective and I have even been there, right. Where I'm like, well, you know what I mean? Like kind of like like where if you don't like, let's say, well, if I don't want to have sex for like the next year, I don't have to. Right. Like, Oh, that, you get that, what I'm saying? Like, 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 like I have the power to do that if I don't want to. I'm well, like, yeah, like it's my body. Mean? I'm talking about like the me too movement too. Like, yeah. Well, but like, me too is like, more like, me too, me too is movement. like, they're not really married people, are they? No, they're yeah, not really married, like, married um, people. But I guess it's like that. I guess what I'm getting at is like the messaging of like. Yes. That if you're not in the mood as a woman, you shouldn't have to do it. Yeah. 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 But it's yeah. so true what you say, because you're never in the, if that's the case, I would it, never, uh, ever, ever right. be, be in the that's mood. That's right. Like you just get in the mood. Right. I mean, nobody wants to say this because everyone wants everyone to think everyone's having great sex all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But just the like reality Instagram. is, yeah. the truth of the matter is many wives and mothers I mean, I, I, I hate saying it, but I know it's true. We would be happy if you probably didn't have sex for years. They would be like, it wouldn't even run a, be on their radar. Um, that's not, I don't feel that way, but I know a lot of people who do. And I think, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I mean by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just can't wait for your body to tell you, you're just going to have to force it a little bit. Otherwise, if you're not having sex often enough, and that goes back to, I know I opened this by saying, don't worry about frequency. But I don't mean like you can go months. Right. I, I'm yeah. not saying that because then you're not going to be connected in the way you need to be. Right. As a married right. couple. Right. Well, I'll say this uh, before we move on to the next question, which is related. But um, I think for me, what's really, really helpful, and this is, again, I'm speaking to the guys again, is some mindfulness. Like the other day, my wife was 
in the office and she was hungry and she was working. And, you know, I made her, I made her the burger, just how she wanted it. And then I added the pickles and what else did I bring you? I made you a little sauce, sauce you know, and I'm just like, you know, I'm like, and I'm proud of myself. Like, look what I did for my wife. And I'm like, I'm not, it's not transactional, but at the same time, I know that there are benefits to that. Absolutely. You know, so. And that's fine. It's like that dance that you talk about, right? Like where you know your role and you're like. Oh yeah. I mean, there's just. Anytime my husband does the slightest thing for me that is, <laughs> makes my life easier, yeah. I just, I melt. I melt. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm an acts of service girl, you know, yeah. much more than a, so is she. than a, than a, it's true. You, have to, you don't have to say, I lo- you could say, I love you all day long. And quite yeah. honestly, it really, I mean, I know you do. That's, that's great. Yeah, cool. You wouldn't be here if you didn't wash the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, oh uh, okay. So I really got a kick out of the podcast you did with Bettina when you talked about husbands smacking their wives on the behinds and on their butts. And, and <laughs> Did the, we talk? I don't remember that. Are you sure? Oh that was gosh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned how, I mean, what? I really like, cause I'm, I'm the type of person, my main love language is physical, of course, like yes. but I, I, I also, I connect physically yes. and emotionally like the yes. physical touch also really connects me emotionally. And so like, you know, it was really interesting, like the different perspectives the between perspective men and too. women you know, you mentioned how I think it was one specific example of a man who who actually was was hurt because, you know, it was like and I, I guess women hearing this right now, especially if they're feminists, are going to be like, what are you talking about? But like, you know, like the guy was smacking his wife on the butt. And I guess when I do it and I can't do it anymore, because trust me, I get I get because you do so much. And I'm- but but like, <laughs> I, haven't done, I haven't done it in a while. So um, I'm just like, maybe it's like that, that little kid in me who's trying to get your attention. Honestly, that's exactly what it is. But you mentioned, though, Suzanne, is- a specific example of a guy who was like, I think I think the way you mentioned it was like that he was trying to connect with yeah, her. He was that just way. trying to connect with her. So can you can you share a little bit of these conversations you've had with some of these uh, men and women? Because the, the differences yeah, in perspective, I think, are just yeah. so important. They help people understand. Well, that is funny because I actually don't remember that specific example with Bettina, but um, I guess I should if it was, yeah, it's not like that's a regular kind of conversation I have. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But yeah, absolutely. So, so any, so that's, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. The physicality is, it's, it's, it's no different. It's the same, it's the same difference that you see in a boy and a girl, that the boy is active, more active, typically, typically, not always. Then the girl, the girl can sit still for hours at a time, or she can talk with her girlfriends for hours at a time, but the boy needs to be doing something, right? <laughs> Even if they're going to have a deep conversation, they'd rather have the deep conversation while they're like, you know, engaged in something. On a hike. Action or, yes, 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 yes. So think of it like that. It's exactly like that. So if, if men are physical and need to be active and that's their, I don't know if you want to call it a love language, um, then, then talking all night is not going to do it for them, right? <laughs> it's just not. So you need to have, you need to be very forthright with your, with your body and your physicality and be open to that and understand that like I have, I do have, I do have a client who um, has difficulty being touched and I don't know, we haven't gotten far enough into all the details as to why that is, but if, if, if a husband feels that there's something that's off limits so that he can't, like, you know, they can't touch you. Um, that's obviously going to be very hard for, well, it's not really, it's not really workable. You know, the more, the more your relationship is tactile, I guess that's the word I'm looking for, right? Yeah. Uh, playful, tactile, 
the more you're going to get from your guy, hands down. Whereas it doesn't necessarily happen as often. I don't think that way with women. And I'm a very tactile person, so I do need touch. But but I don't know. I just know that it's different. I just know that men do. <laughs> it yeah. just has to be that way. Whereas a woman can talk without the touch and still get that need met. And it just doesn't yeah. work that way. for. So you'll get more out of your guy the more you let him touch you, right? The more you are expressive, the more you are I'm expressive with your body and with him. Right. Um, I don't know if that's what you were getting at, Danny. Yeah, um, I think I think that's it. I think there's I just I just want women to understand. I'm not I'm not condoning balance, like, like with personality. Types. I'm not condoning like battery, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm not condoning of that course at all. We know this. Um, but but I think just uh, un, like like we say, it's not a it's not an, a, an excuse. It's an explanation like and also like know know your partner like, you know, who you married, right? Like, and yeah, you know, you like moods and stuff. Well, as long as you feel safe and you trust and you know you're with the right person, it really, I mean, it shouldn't be an issue. I mean, ideally, I mean, it's presumably it shouldn't be an issue. You're talking about just that specific thing that you said? Yeah, yeah just spanking yeah, or just banking on the or, butt. Yeah, but yeah. Like, I guess it's, I guess it's just um, at the same time, it's, it, it, it hits what I'm, what I was getting to, which is just the fact that your husband is not, and it's probably the messaging to like Homer Simpson, you know, okay. Peter Griffin, yeah. they're just all pigs and they're just. Yeah. Uh, your husband is a little bit more complex than that. Like he, he does have feelings too. And, you know, maybe yes. he's trying to connect with you, even yes. though it's physical. Right. Absolutely. Right, 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 Absolutely. Right. Anytime, yeah. anytime he's touching you, it's, it's trying to connect with you. I mean, yeah. that's the thing you can't pull away and think, Oh, like don't paw all over me. That's, that's the equivalent. That's the equivalent of you going up to your husband saying, I want to talk to you about something really important. And he says, well, and he turns away and says, I don't have time for you. Right. Oof. You know, like That's true. It, it, it's the same thing. So when you're like, if, if you feel that he's pawing all over you, you're, you're, you're basically rejecting him because he's yeah. trying to reach out to you. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I like it. So, all right, let's, I'm going to switch gears a little bit to parenting because I grew up in an all girl home. Like I told you, and I had all boys. And I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, I didn't, honestly, I didn't, we didn't, I didn't even have really a, you know, like my, again, you know, divorce, a lot of divorce. So I didn't have like stable, even father figures. Right. So like, there was just very female dominated in general, like all girl cousins, like, oh my gosh, literally all girls. Yep. So when I had my boys, honestly, it was quite the shock. My mom is still very shocked when she comes to visit. Me. <laughs> same, um, same, same. Yeah. Oh my God. And I'm like, mom, God knows what he did giving you girls. You cannot handle this, honey. <laughs> like, nope. Nope. Would die. <laughs> but, yep. <laughs> but anyways, you know, coming from that and like, so alpha, like I would just love, cause I know you have a girl and a boy. Yeah. Um, and they're older now. So like, it's just a little bit of advice on, you know, a mother's role, especially being, you know, tendency to be more alpha. Cause I do yes. worry sometimes that yep. I'm being too controlling and overbearing yep. and like, I yep. have to back off. You well, know? Like, what's that, that fine balance? Real, real so, quick. Yeah, I, I'm sorry to interrupt because this, this came up yesterday and um, my oldest has a very sweet heart and he he's does. an angel yes. and his little brother is, um, well, the is, wild child. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he doesn't care about anybody. He, yeah. you know, he, he's not mm-hmm. scared of anyone. And um, I've seen a pattern here for like a few years now where he is not defending himself against his brother and, and, and his brother thinks he can run all over him. And then yesterday he told me, well, mommy says that I can't defend myself against him. And I said, don't worry, I'll talk to mommy because I think she's going to agree with this. Yeah. You not defending yourself and not 
putting boundaries is going to carry over into your life as an adult. And so you need to do that now. And I know that your mom will agree. I think the the context of that was that before. And you know, he's, he doesn't understand what I say. Cause well, it's not that it's I, I want him to defend himself, but I don't want him to go like 10 minutes later attacking his brother. I'm like, it's thing, been 10 he, minutes. Dude. He goes, he, he, you know, sometimes he'll <laughs> wait a while. I'm like, it's gotta be right now. Yeah, so he understands, right but like, you know, there is, and, and also the fact that, you know, he's twice his size. Cause my Exa- oldest is a too. monster. Like, he's growing huge. like crazy. Like, but at the same time, at this point, I'm just like, you know what? You need to defend yourself because it's important for both of them to learn that lesson. So now take that same scenario and pretend that um, that you weren't there, like that you were divorced or something, or, or you, or I don't know, there just wasn't a man in the house. Right. Then the way that he's, if, in other words, he got an alternate message. That's why you have two parents, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> You're gonna exactly. Get, you can help each other if you didn't say the right thing. And the opposite sex parent generally knows what's better for that same sex child, if that makes right. sense. So in right. other words, right. I mean, you and I are, came from, female dominated households. The fact that I have a son was great for my marriage. And the yeah. fact that I have a good marriage or I have the, not so much hailing my marriage, but like the fact that I have a strong man who is a strong yeah. father helped me be the right kind of mother right. for my son. Because if my mother had raised my son, <sighs> it would not have been good. He would be not well. I mean, seriously, right. it would be bad. So that goes back to your question about being very strong and and domineering or whatever you want to say um, with, with boys, I do think it has a very deleterious effect. And so that is one of the reasons why I wrote that book. You know, it's funny. I didn't talk a whole lot about my son at the time, but I, the truth is whatever I was feeling when I was going through that with my husband and wanting to, um, you know, learn what those skills were to be more feminine and, and get that polarity, right. The same exact thing could have been said from my relationship with my son. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. It, it, one of the hardest things I had to learn was that I basically had to step back at about the age of 11 or 12 and let my husband sort of take over in the parenting. Because at that point, sons really desperately need and crave their fathers in a way that's very different from when they're one or two, when they, you know, mommy, 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 mommy. Yeah. (laughs) So I didn't realize how quickly I was going to lose. It's almost like I was done with him a long time ago. And he's just kind of hanging out until, you know, it's time to go to college. <laughs> next, next, like he really doesn't need me now for sure. He's, he's, yeah. he's it's almost launched and he's ahead of himself. Um, very mature. But my, my point is I, I actually kind of lost him as a little boy a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and it was very hard because I didn't, ex- I didn't understand that, that was going to happen. I, um, I had to learn that what the way I was behaving or the way, that's so much way, the way I move through the world is affecting him, even though you don't know that it is because they're not expressive right. boys, right? They yeah. don't tell you what they're thinking or feeling, but don't think for a moment they're not taking it in. And whatever you present to them is essentially what they're going to take away as far as when they go to have their own choice of a woman in their life. Right. That's road. And so you either, you know, it's funny in my house, our daughter, my daughter has a complete opposite personality. She's extremely naturally feminine. She does not need the alpha book whatsoever. Uh, I mean, jealous. She, she just doesn't need it. I mean, she's, she's the most, she's it. going to make the no, it's best true. people wife are, ever. Yeah. Yes. Some women she are is. naturally like She her. is. It's just her, her behavior, her, not her behavior. Well, yes, her behavior, but it's coming from her natural personality. She's yeah. far more patient, far less um, argumentative, 
far less opinionated. I mean, she's got opinions, but she doesn't need to assert them. And she certainly doesn't need to be, have them heard all the time. And she's just different. And, um, I, you know, the running joke in our family is Henry, make sure you find someone like Emma, not me. (laughs) 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 Uh, And he's really taken that in because he knows what I mean. And he knows that I'm, um, you know, he knows that I've worked hard to, to kind of become more like my daughter, really, honestly, that's, that's, yeah. And I, I think I've been successful, but the truth is my, that's not my natural way. And I wouldn't want him to have to, you know, wait to see if the girl, if, if she was like me was going to change, like I did, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you might, exactly. You might as well just start with the, with the sweet ones from the get-go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, it's so interesting. I love, I love learning these things in retrospect because I remember, um, and it, it may be, it may very well be 11 or 12 because my mom and I, I used to tell her everything. And when I was in high school, I remember her saying, you used to tell me everything and, and now you don't tell me anything. And I, and I said, well, I, I remember telling her. And then when I got to college, it was even, I was even more candid. And I was like, well, I tell those things to Papi now, and you're not going to want to hear about those things. You know, I talked about those things to my dad now. Yeah. I, don't, I don't talk about those things with you. And, but then at the same time, my mom, you know, when I would come home from college, you know, my dad would be like, oh, here we go again. Cause my mom would always have food ready for me. But and- you see, your mom is also very like Suzanne's daughter, probably. Yeah. She's like, very she's feminine. She's very naturally yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I tell the boys to marry someone like you though. I yikes. always tell them to marry I'm like, someone yikes. like you. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's, there's, there's a trade-off. Like there's, well, you're going to be challenged I'm open, all I'm open the time. To change. Yeah, but you're, you <laughs> challenge, she challenges me all the time. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but I mean, if you are, if you're, if you're a man, I don't know. To me, I enjoy being challenged by my wife. I, I well, I, clearly my husband does too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. We're, if, if anything, we're masochists. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, and just like, I mean, I just, I just think that the package of who my wife is 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 exactly what my my boy should look for. But yeah, um, I think I think it's just because she does have that um natural alpha type of thing but but she also like you said you're open-minded and you're and you're able to learn and you're able to adjust yeah but see danny that's the thing i mean i if 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 there i don't want to say i don't want to well i want to say this right if there were more women who were like your wife and me who the as far as the latter part of what you said open and willing to learn and be knowing when to be conciliatory and knowing when to, um, um, push, uh, pull back. Uh, um, right. Then in other words, if, if the average alpha or type a person had that other piece to them, I would totally agree with you. But my experience has been oh. that most yeah. of the no. type a alphas have that other problem with not being able to look in the mirror and understand that there's that they need to change yeah. too and that that's true th- th- and so that's what i don't want for him i wouldn't want mm-hmm. because i think it's harder to find someone who's got a mix of um the softness with with the strength i think that's hard i think that's yeah. i mean actually that's hard. what i try to help women with that's exactly what i do for a living so but but i there are it's just not natural and so it has to be learned yeah 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 Absolutely. You're so cute, man. I wonder what you're thinking about. This kind of uh, leads us to kind of one of our final questions, but like, we want to talk about like dating with a purpose. Like what should people, this is something we've been talking about a lot yeah, with, like, with each other. Cause this is something that, well, you know, more, you know, too, like more than anyone, cause you, this is what you do, but I wasn't 
taught this. Like the movies don't teach this. Like literally our whole culture, like just we're not tied on like a coat. Yeah. It's like tried on like a coat, you know, like you're not, you're just dating. Yep. 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 So I am very, very, especially today, I, I wouldn't necessarily have said it had to be this way when I was dating, but today people don't have time to waste anymore. No, they don't. It, it's time to, when you date, to put it out on the table and state, look, I'm looking to get married. We're either a match or we're not. You don't, I mean, not, not the first date necessarily, but pretty, right. but pretty soon in yeah, when you, yeah. when you're getting to know them, don't pretend that you're not looking for lasting love. Right. I mean, seriously, what, what are you doing? Yeah. It's not yeah. that why pretend, you know, don't be coy about it. Just, Hey, you know, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I like my life to look like. Um, and, and, and that way, the worst thing that happens is you find out the other person, that's not what they're looking for. And think of all the time and oh my gosh, yes. if you just do that, I mean, yeah. so true. almost all the people that aren't a match are going to go away. Great move next, please. Yeah. That's what I just spoke. We just had a convert. I just had a conversation with a friend of mine who is in her late thirties and um, it's heartbreaking. You know, it just, it's heartbreaking because I'm just like, you know, there was a, a meme the other day, a few months ago that I saw, it said dating, it's a dating pro tip. Don't. <laughs> and, and I just thought that was funny. I mean, that's, that's the nihilism part where, yeah. you know, it's just like, it's not even worth it. Just, you don't need anything and why even try. Yeah. But like, I think honesty and stating your purposes. I mean, you're not going to walk into there like and sit down at a restaurant and be like, all right, let's get down to brass tacks. Hey, uh, Are you going to homeschool? Hey, actually, actually, Anna actually that, our, our friend, friend that Anna. we was ta- that a friend that we were talking about in the beginning, Anna Martin, she did this and it worked out wonderfully perfectly, for her perfectly yeah. because she actually did that. She knew she was already like a, a Montessorian and she like had very strong opinions about what she wanted, right? Like, so she yep. literally laid it all out there when she met with Dawn and she was yeah. like, listen, buddy. I'm going to have a home birth. I'm going to homeschool. <laughs> if I'm, you know, all these things, like if you're not going to, if you're not down with these, with my weird, let me know right now. Absolutely. And not just your weird, but you're just your, whatever your goal. Yeah. Whatever it is. Are. Yes. Exactly. I mean, why hang out and spend all this time for it's no true. reason? It's true. And why catch feelings? <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Gonna that phrase. Oh, that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say now, right? Like, I know my daughter like told it's a me. VD, like my it's daughter, like, yeah, like it's me. yeah, like it's like a disease. Yes, it's not funny. I mean, that's messed up. When she I told know. me that, when my daughter told me this just a couple months ago, didn't you mention that on a podcast? I think she did. I, I might have. So and I, oh, you're right. I think I did. I was so taken aback, and then I stopped and I thought about. it. I'm like, oh my god, it's like a disease. It's like you're catching a disease. The whole goal is to stay as disconnected as humanly possible. Oh, while by the way, you're still having sex. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. <sighs> oh, it's so sad. I know. So sad. I know. The hardest part is honestly my like the parenting part because it's like our kids, right? Like, just yes. Pray that they find something. I just for see. us, you know, like you know, the, the of course the women. It's very, it's very important, you know, for a woman to to know that she needs to put you know um, boundaries up. But it's just as important on me as a father and and you too, obviously, mm-hmm. to 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 talk to them about how to treat a woman. There Obviously, you go. They That's need to right. show, they, I, I show and they also, them right, you model it, how right? I speak to yep. my wife, how I am with my wife. Yep. So, I mean, that, that alone, but, but we need to, they need to understand like that they have a role and, and what consent means. We've already had that conversation with my, when my son was eight, we had to have that conversation because the subject of porn came up, which yeah. my, I wasn't here when I was still, I, was I still working or I was just not here at the time. I don't know. Um, 
And so Desmond asked her a question about it. And it was obvious that he had. Yeah, you could always tell, like, when they use the word out of context, that they probably found something, right? Like, <laughs> so I had to talk to him about yeah, it. Yeah, so basically his friend had seen something or something. Yeah, it was probably. Important. And so she she had the sex talk and then oh. that led to the con- consent talk. And, Th- and that rape. leads to all the talks. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's just like all those things. So it's like we have that responsibility. And I feel like why wouldn't a feminist accept what we're doing? Like we're doing everything that they're doing, but we're also adding the other part of it, which is not just one sided thing, you know, they leave out. Well, they demonize masculinity by using words like toxic masculinity and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're never going to get a feminist in your corner. That's good. That's that's a good sign. Yeah. It's it's kind of like we go through the same thing with like, uh, and I have a lot of vegan friends, so I'm not, but, but like sometimes with vegans, there's no arguing, there's no rationale. It becomes borderline like a religion and yeah, at yeah. that point, you know, unfortunately, I can't, I'm not going to change someone's mind. So <laughs> yeah, right. Get a degree to disagree. Oh, so much, so much to talk about. Oh, so much. We could literally be here all day. Thank yeah. you so no, much. But we want to, we want to give her one more on. chance. What, tell us okay. where everybody can. Yeah. I was ask her. Oh, sorry, Lilo. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, it's my, just my website, which is my name, Suzanne Venker, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-V-E-N-K-E-R.com. And it's literally one-stop shopping for everything books, blogs, articles, and of course my coaching business. Yep. And she even has a free PDF. So if you're a bossy wife like me, (laughs) you can check out the bossy wife diet. Um, it's a free PDF guys. You can get a little taste of, uh, all these goodies, all this good advice that'll help you <laughs> navigate. Oh, and then, and then of course my, my podcast, we can't forget that. So oh, our this podcast. Is, absolutely. Yeah, the Suzanne we'll Venker show. So everybody download the Suzanne Venker show and become a subscriber. Yes, Guys, I'm telling it. you, it's, it's awesome. It's good yes, stuff. So many real. good episodes on there. We'll put this all in the show notes. Awesome. And if you're not like one more thing, if you're not sharing something like this with your wife, I think this could even bring that level of intimacy that maybe you didn't have before. <laughs> Cause it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like you start talking about sex, and I mean, automatically, I'm, I'm your ready. ears. Of course, it's your guy. Yeah, so like, it's very so, simple, yeah. very easy. So, very. <laughs> I mean, because you do talk about that, so it's like, yeah. But in general, like talking about these things, it will bring that level of intimacy that maybe I hope so. You're missing. Yeah, awesome. yeah, awesome. yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on. Seriously, thank so you so great. much. You're Suzanne. welcome. Thank you, guys. So great talking to you. Yeah.